It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. Holy moly. Holy moly. We boated a marlin. Oh, Nelly. You know, guy, you guys don't know what you're in for here. This is the, well, maybe you do because I advertised it, but this is a big one for the 40 Experience podcast. Um, we've had Academy Award winners on the show. We had Eddie, Med, uh, Eddie, Eddie Med, Med Flame. I've never heard of this man. Eddie Redmayne. We've had... Colleen Atwood. Can you tell I'm excited? Um, we've had uh, Zoe Kravitz, rock star, uh, royalty, uh, actress extraordinaire. We've had Norman Reedus. Man, we've had amazing, amazing, talented um, actors, artists on the show. But Jude, Jude Law, I gave it away. That's it. I just gave it away. It's okay. The man is like, you don't have movie stars like how you used to have movie stars. This guy is like the last of the true movie stars. You know what I mean? He has spanned decades. He's got it all. Quadruple threat. You understand? Does everything. Has everything. The full package. And has worked with everybody. I mean, I'm so excited. The stories. And the guy is so charming. And there's a reason that he's going to be, you know, has been working for ever since the 90s. Probably earlier in the, uh, during his stage work. It's early stage work. I mean, come on, theater, television, movies. He's conquered it all, man. And uh, so it's really an honor to, to talk to the guy. Um, I get to do my own little uh, actor studio, uh, version, my version of the actor studio with him here. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. This is a very, very exciting premiere episode season six dan fogler 40 experience podcast without further ado i bring you albus dumbledore himself jude law 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 <laughs> How are you? Can you hear me right now? I guess you can. That is amazing. I can. Oh my! I, 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 and you can are. you hear me? I can clearly. You 
on my show right now. You're on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Very, how you doing, pal? What's going on? Where, where are you at? Oh, well, I, uh, I'm trying to make the most of these few days off, uh, catching up on a few things and spending time with the family, you know. That's nice. So you got your whole family with you, or you just had a new baby? You have, you have a, like a newborn. I am spending most of my time with the newborn and my wife, but uh, my other kids are who are all grown up are like drawn back to the family, you know, because of the new baby. And so we are spending lots of time like as a, as a, as a group too, which is really lovely. I guess also because of the restrictions nowadays, you know, people are limited to who they can spend time with and uh, families, I think, are, are being forced both happily and unhappily uh, to spend more time together. I, I personally really love it. And um, uh, so everyone is kind of here and mucking in, helping with the baby. But my two eldest kids actually have their own places now. You know, they live in other parts of London and come up and visit. Lovely man. So how many how many kids do you have? You have several, right? I have I have I have almost as many children as Steven Spielberg. Okay. <laughs> um, I have six kids. I have uh, three girls, uh, four girls, sorry, and two boys. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I got I got two little girls myself. And uh, so, wait, did you, did you just have a little boy or a little girl? A little girl. Yeah, a little girl. Congratulations, man. That's, that's beautiful. You, uh, yeah. They, they say that the newborn babies, there's like, a, there's like a Portuguese saying that newborn babies come with a loaf of bread under their arm. Like, it's like, it's like a good luck. You get good luck in your house. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes, they do. And that loaf yeah. of bread can be anything. It can be a whole new sort of outlook. It can be, you know, uh, like, like I, as I imagine the saying is inferring, it can be kind of nourishment for everyone and the family. But it's also, it's like this little bundle of uh, personality, you know, that you, that I, I mean, I know it shouldn't take you by surprise. It certainly shouldn't take me by surprise having had children, you know, so many times but it's astonishing how the personality the individuality comes through so quickly and how unique we all are you know um how different one child is from the next so quickly um whether it's how they eat or how they sleep or where the way obviously the way they laugh or interact and it it's just the most beautiful reminder of that so i love that loaf of bread it's true. The loaf of bread is loaded. <laughs> yeah. And, and I find, um, I remember I was watching uh, uh, Coppola give an interview. I think it was an actor's studio interview, and he said that he, he did his best work after his kids. And I remember um, when, like, I had my first daughter, my, my heart, grew gigantic and then we were going to have this second kid yeah. and I was just like how was our hearts possibly going to get any bigger you know there's no, there's, absolutely you know, 
and then it just does. It just does. Yeah. And, and, the, and, it doesn't, yeah. Isn't that profound? That says so much about us, that, that the, the capacity to love, it seems, is boundless. And is certainly so with children. That I, I was the same as you, and I, and you know, it didn't just happen for me. Um, after the first, it happened after all of them. There was this part of me which I thought, gosh, you know, I've got a lot of kids, and there's a lot of love going out here, and and and, and a lot of responsibilities and, and interactions and relationships. But you know, every single time, your heart grows that little bit more. But it's interesting going back on what you just said about Coppola talking about in relationship to work, you know, you and I are so fortunate in what we do. We do something we love. We do something creative, which I think gives us food. But it's also, it's such an unusual job, as so many creative jobs are. It's so sometimes uh, revealing and, and, and uncomfortable in that, you know, it's filled with angst of, like, can I do this or or, 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 or will I pull this off, or is this any good, or why am I doing this, <laughs> or, you know, um, should I be doing this? All of those questions, and I found children have definitely leveled out my sense or given me a clearer sense of um, guidance, I suppose, inside myself as to when I do stuff. And, on, and in, in addition to that, I think there's also this uh, capacity to understand yourself more through your children, and that's really helpful for an actor. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, there's such a great barometer for comedy and just for truth, and um, they have that, that Buddha wisdom, you know. They, they'll just say something yeah. that is just so simple and just speaks to your soul. Uh, we're, we're recording, by the way. Although, I just wanted you to know. Uh, oh, no, I realize. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you said we're, you're on my show, I guess this is it. We're on. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just happy to talk. You can press record or not if you want. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you a million times. I, I, I refer to you as, and, and, and I think this is probably going to be the most I've actually gotten to, to talk to you, you know, um, like, a, we've, like yeah. we, didn't really interact, we didn't really interact that much on the first film uh in any scenes although like anytime we ever met it was it, you know it was, it was very cool you know i i just want people to know that you know i, I called you law like one of the you know uh, the last of the you know the the real movie stars you know and this guy is so humble um and i say that just as an example you know he could have his own you know trailer he can have his own you know whatever the fuck he wants you know he's your law he could he doesn't have to you know sit with everybody and uh, you know mingle with everybody while we're he can be off and be doing his thing and get into the right mindset no he's with us and that is hmm. such a delightful aspect of your uh, personality because I mean what you know whether you want to hear this or not you I mean for me when I'm on set with you and I and I, and, and, I, and scenes that I we can't really do any spoilers, but you know, being able to act with you uh, is just a pleasure. It's like a you know, I just it's a masterclass, you know. Um, oh man, so, you're making me. You're make you, honestly. It, it's so it's so sweet and so lovely of you to say those kind things. It really is, and it, I, it, I I'm squirming, I'm squirming a little bit, but if you're you know, squirming. I. I, I, I 
I'm squirming a little bit just because, just I, I, yeah, but, but you know, you, you mentioned something there about, about, about hanging out and, and the time on set. I mean, and, and, you know, the last day I was in, it was you and me and Jessica and Eddie, and uh, we, had a, we had a great scene. And it, but that was a perfect example to me of what I love about what we do and why I wouldn't change, personally, my approach. And, uh, you know, everyone has a different approach and everyone has a different way of, uh, of, of making themselves, I guess, feel comfortable or confident or whatever it is. But I don't know, I just love the interaction on film sets between everyone but you know as actors when you're when it's when there are a few of you in a scene that dynamic of what everyone's bringing on the day or what each of us require or what we're getting out of it and what we've got to require what, what, what we're asking of each other to me is just the total amber nectar like that's the gold that that, that makes it so much fun and so uh and also, I think that's where you, you get the good stuff. And that's not to say, you know, there are some days where it, it, you're better suited maybe to keep, you know, keep a distance because you're doing something like heavy or whatever it might be. But I, I think over the years, I've learned more and more how collaborative this, this, this job is. And um, I'm always quite surprised. Like I said, everyone works in different ways. But I'm always quite surprised by, by, by people who choose to kind of keep a slight distance. I guess it's their process, you know. Like, like I said a little earlier, we all, you know, it's a vulnerable job sometimes. You feel quite uh, uh, stripped and, and, and uh, uh, exposed. But, and so everyone has different ways. But for me, the, the interaction and the uh, camaraderie, I just love it. I really feed off it. And I think I'd have to, you know, I, I, the, my idea of a nightmare is being on an on, a, on an awkward set. Do you know what I mean? With someone shouting or <laughs> someone like, oh God, I'd freeze. I'd totally freeze up, and I wouldn't feel at home or comfortable at all. It, it would it would lock me. It would lock me up. And you know, you and I are very lucky. Also, in the, 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 this particular job that we're doing together, has a lovely spirit to it where you know we deal with some drama and we deal with some really beautiful emotion but we also we we've got to we've got to have fun with it because it's a film that we hope young people or families everyone will see and and have fun with and so kind of trying to generate that create that on camera is our responsibility right absolutely and it's 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 fun it's got everything and it's theatrical and and I see, you know, that's probably, um, for me, just speaking for myself, that's why I love the camaraderie. I know that you come from the theater, and, you, and, yeah. and I need to, I, I use the, the guys behind the camera, I thrive off of that energy. I know if I'm doing good if, they're, if I see them giggling, you know, like if I see them, you know. Trying, yeah. If I, you know what I mean? I'm sure you do the same. Yeah. I'm, um, I wish sometimes... I mean, part of me loves the uh, the secrets of filmmaking. You know, part of me loves the the unknown, the vast unknown quantities or levels, rather, of what goes into making a certain moment happen. But but then I'm sometimes, you know, it, it, when I watch, you know, whether it's a prop person or a, 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 a wardrobe um, assistant or a, or a lighting cameraman. When I watch the effort they put in to help us make the theme work or 
make us look good in a scene or add like that that 10% magic to make the scene special. Um, I wish people understood the attention to detail and the effort that those people, the people behind the camera are pouring into it because it's really extraordinary, you know, what they, what they go to. And, and it's, again, especially on a job like this where we can come up with an idea and they go off and they, they put something together and come back and go, you mean something like this? Do you want to do this? <laughs> it's like, yep, that's exactly what I meant. I'll do it like that, you know. It's remarkable, isn't it? I'm, I'm always in awe of the kind of... I always say that film crews are, you know, you could wash them up on an island in the middle of nowhere and they'd be all right because you've got, you've got kind of one of everything. Right, everybody, you got carpenters, you got people that can get you clothes. It's the, yeah. exactly. Uh, and I remember on the first movie, the, the details, the, when I realized, oh my God, this is, this is immersive, is when I was, I was sitting in the, in the scene with the two sisters um, yeah, when they make you dinner? They make us dinner, and, and, and there's a scene after we were sitting there, and we're, um, um, they're, they put us in their bed, and they give us cocoa. Oh, yeah. And I reach up, and I go, can I, can I use this book as a prop? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And I start flipping through it, and I, and I realize, well, they could have just put the same page on every page, you know? They could have just, no, there was a real yeah. story in there that, 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 there was like a fan fiction or something. They, they really came up with it. And, and then I was like, oh, my God. And then I picked other books off the shelves, and I realized each one of them had their own individual story. And it's, it's, it's their art, and that's how they immerse us in it. It's just amazing. Each and all that just adds to the, to the characters. And I wasn't going to win. I wasn't, wasn't going to get the, the fantastic beats until later, but screw it. I, well, why didn't I? I was I'm just enjoying your energy on set, man, and I'm seeing that in the first movie, the first movie, um, we can't say much, but the first movie, you were, it was very, you know, dramatic. There was a lot of dramatic, and in this one, you you get to have more fun, right? That's what I'm seeing. I, I see the... the yeah, there is a little there. bit more fun. Like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um and I think what they what they do very well is they they always manage to find throughout you know I think this balance between the uh, between some drama and themes that, that are timely timeless uh, but always quite you know uh, uh, familiar in that they they're, they're big they're, they're big themes they're big uh, emotions. But with this, with this light of touch, this lightness of touch, and this humour, and of course this relish of the magic world and um, the wizarding world, and um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, allowed out to play a little bit more <laughs> on this one, which is great. It's just absolutely great. I uh, I was so hoping to have that opportunity, you know, um, and they're they're interesting experiences because you sort of sign up and you don't know much. You kind of know a little bit, but you certainly don't know where it's going to go. And uh, I'm thrilled that um, I get to go where I get to go. I'm being really careful here. I get to go where I get to go, but also that the audience (laughs) gets to go there (laughs) too this time. We'll get get to more of that later where we can talk about more specifics. But I want to ask you a question um, that's very actor studio. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
you, I'm going to say it like I'm going to say it like him as well. You sing, you dance, you act, Oscar, Golden Globe, Tony nominated, BAFTA award winning, acknowledged at every level of the entertainment medium. Here's the real. He, you are the real deal. You are the full package. <laughs> the, the looks, the talent to back it up, respected and consistently working. What is that like? <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. What is that like? <laughs> because, I, I mean, I look at you, and you, you got everything, man. Like, you have, you could fucking settle on one of your things. And just You could be a fucking fashion model, you know? You could be a fucking, you know, you could just be an actor, and that's it. You could be a fucking singer. You could be a dancer. You could, you got, you know, triple threat. Fuck that. You're, you're like a quintuple threat. Like you do everything. Oh, and you're charming. I don't know. And, and I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I, I mean, find someone who will argue that. I don't know. My, my, I mean, my, my. I don't know. My passion has always been since I was um, a, a young boy has always been acting or, or all those, all those uh, disciplines, whether it is a bit of singing or a bit of dancing, neither of which, honestly, I'm, I'm particularly good at. But, you know, I'll give it a go. But I wrap it all up in, in what I call acting, definitely. And it's just my... I've been very, very uh, lucky. Real, I look back now over, uh, over 25 years or something like that of acting, uh, l- lucky because you realize, gosh, you know, certain things fall into place at the right time. I, I would also say, you know, that takes a lot of hard work. It takes effort. It takes uh, a, 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 a commitment and enthusiasm that you've got to keep kind of finding. But um, honestly, I, what's it like? I think it's just been, uh, it's been um, the most kind of, greatest sort of reality check at every step of the way. What I mean by that is like, I, I never, I never, I never doubted that I, I could do it or, or, or that I wanted to do it. But, but along the way, because it's such a, it's a kind of living the, the fantasy type experience. There's also there's always a, for me a moment when you're going, okay, it goes back a little bit to what I said before. There's always this moment where you're going, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? What's the importance? And, 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 and because of that, I feel like I constantly want to change like the challenge. And uh, I think actually, if I'm honest, with hindsight, there's also a little bit of insecurity in not wanting to be... I, I, I got a sense quite early on that people were, were are very keen in our business to say, oh, you're the good-looking guy, or you're the best friend, or you're the funny person, or you're a serious, you know what I mean? They, they, they love that because, of course, it gives them something very easy to hang on to. And I wasn't ever very happy with how I felt I was perceived early on because there was so much more I wanted to do. So I felt kind of uh, 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 the need always to keep moving the goalposts and to keep trying stuff that, that, that sort of challenged me and scared the shit out of me. And... Um, where that's landed me now is a, is a, is a place where I feel like I can um, 
uh, I can keep I can keep investigating that stuff and I can keep sort of pushing it and, and um, that's just sort of built into who I am now. Like I, I constantly want to try do things that um, are just slightly outside the comfort zone, you know. Uh, and I guess what what someone would say to me is that that's probably now just what I'm used to and that's why I feel kind of at home there in that area. Um, but uh, I, I'm only just getting used to talking about my work and my life in, with a little bit of retrospect because, I mean, I'm not young, I'm 47, but it, 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 do you notice this at all um, when, you know, it, getting slightly, getting to a point where you look back and you can talk about things in respect feels quite fresh to me. It feels literally in my mind like only 10 minutes ago I was like the new guy around, I was this new kid on the block. Suddenly it's like, fuck, oh, okay, oh, no, I'm here now in my part of my career. It's where uh, people talk about, you know, what I was doing at the beginning. Um, so I'm still only really just getting used to uh reflecting, I suppose, and addressing all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I just turned 44, and you're, you're, you're three years older than I am, and that's just fucking ridiculous to me. I just find that just like, what? I just find that ridiculous. I, I just, I'm just, wow. Because I, I don't know, I feel like you're, <laughs> you, you've done so much. I, I just, I don't know. It's 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 wild, man. And 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 you're very like. There's a reason why Scorsese, who is meticulous, is doing The Aviator, one of the biggest fucking movies in the world, biggest budget yeah. ever. Goes, who do I need to play Aeroplane? And he gets you. I mean, there's a reason, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> talking recently uh, about a chapter in my life when I was <laughs> okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in I'm gonna let you in here on some on some on some uh, private in insight insights um, you know there was a chapter in my life when my 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 first marriage had just um, ended and uh, I was suddenly like living living a very different lifestyle to sort of being I got married very young and I had kids very young my first three children very young and suddenly I was living this life where I was kind of just you know when I wasn't on set working and when I wasn't looking after my children I was out having fun and uh and then recently I was kind of trying to address this chapter and um the person I was talking to just sort of said, look, did you, did you get out of it all that you wanted to get out of it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> and they were like, well, stop beating yourself up then. And Errol Flynn fell in that era. That <laughs> playing Errol Flynn couldn't have come at a better time because I was like right in the middle of this sort of chapter in my life where basically I was, I guess, living my life like Errol Flynn. I thought, you know, uh, tripping all over the place. God knows. But reading his book was like uh, an inspiration. Oh. My, my, what is it called again? My bad, 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 bad ways, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. 
time that was what an extraordinary period in filmmaking i mean you could argue in a way no not the uh, that wasn't really the birth of cinema but the idea that these people who i don't know maybe i'm wrong here you 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 tell me but that it's like they were they were playing larger than life versions of themselves they kind of embodied who they were and they were therefore given a kind of excuse to be these either outrageous characters right but but it was like they were being, they were being told, they were being encouraged to be that. I think that, um, I mean, there's something that, that I think that is timeless about you, and I, and not all, not all actors can have that. I think that, uh, I think, I think um, a lot of the people in our cast uh, have that, and but you can take. I feel like you could take you put you back in that time period and you would thrive, you know? Um, it's like, oh, I love it. David Yates described it very, very well. When I first, when I first met you, you know, I was, and I was noticing because, you know, you, you do the comparison. Okay. So this Johnny, Johnny's on set and he's a big movie star. And you're on set as well. And Johnny has his own tent. He's got his own thing. And you're and you're mingling. And I and, and I was like, that's so cool. And I said that to and you know Johnny's Johnny's cool. And I, you know he's got his reasons why he's got to do his thing. Fine, but you chose to do your thing your way. And uh, I said to David, I was like, he's so cool, man. It's like, uh, and he's like, yeah, isn't he just like a he's just like a bloke, isn't he? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I, I don't, you know, I don't even know what that means, but that's what I think of. Like, you're like a, you're like a, I don't even know what that means, a bloke, but like, you're like a, you're like a, you're like a <laughs> I mean, I, I assume that was like, in, in, in American, that would be like, uh, he's just like, uh, he's just like a cool guy, you know, he's just like a, you know, a, a guy you can get a drink with, you know, it's like, that kind of thing. And so I, 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 I grew to understand that, um, and uh, so, and I, I just really appreciate that about you. And I say, and, and you bring that to Dumbledore, man. I, it's, uh, and that's, uh, you know, I, I think that was just wonderful casting. Um, I'm so like, happy to be in this company, and I'm so happy to be playing this character. What a it feels every day that we we, we make these films. It feels like such a blessing, and there's also such a sense of, um, well, of, of re- what's the reverence, I suppose, over the, you know, because they are, they, they hold such a special place in so many people, I, uh, people's hearts and lives. And um, I've never really felt that the way I have on this job. And uh, the responsibility, I suppose, that comes with that. But it's a beautiful thing, too. It's like being given a, um, a really precious, you know, uh, uh, artifact or something that you have to, that you have to look after and, uh, and maybe clean up a little bit, you know, <laughs> and uh, keep, keep working. Um, Would you ever uh, – I just had a crazy fucking flash, like, in my head. Would you ever consider doing uh, Bond? I mean, I'm sure oh, well, I'm too old. I mean, they would never ask me. They would never ask me. Def- yeah, if there, there'd been a time... Are you? 
I think I'm too old now. Uh, I think I'm probably too old. Sean Connery is still doing it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, how old was Roger Moore when he started? No. Uh, Yeah, Roger. I don't know. I don't know. The thing with Bond is that it, it it always what the reason Daniel's done. I think such a good job is that he's, he's really made it his own. He's brought part to him. Like he said, okay, I'll do it, but it's going to be like this. Um, I guess they've all done that to a degree, but what I mean, Daniel, Daniel, obviously apart from being the most recent is also a good example of bringing the part to him in, in that he, he kept the, he kept certain elements that were kind of connected to the part at bay. Um, you know the, the the camp kind of slight sort of turn of phrases and the and the humour. He he based it much more in a sort of reality, and I feel like he's got a he sort of claimed that. And I wonder now where they're going to go with it. Um, you have to come up with a kind of good angle as to. I I, I, don't, I listen. Obviously, no one's seen anything of uh, of what. Robert Pattinson is doing with Batman, um, but I love what he said in an interview recently where he said that, you know, until he could work out a new angle, he didn't want to do it, and I think that's the same with Bond like, you've got to kind of come up with okay, what can I add to the party? What can I bring to this that's going to take it in another direction? Um, I mean, I, I, I always kind of love the the, the, the the humor of Bond and I yeah. I don't know that I would be able to bring that much to it maybe I he's turned more into a bit know. of a tough guy hasn't he yeah but so then you go to the other side of the spectrum right but okay so yeah. so but you that's what I'm saying is that you could do both but fuck that fuck that what I'm saying is is there is <laughs> there is, is there something out there um, um, a character out there that exists or something that you would love to bring to the to the screen that you've always wanted to play um, that you feel like would be a perfect fit for you that you something like that. Not really. My mind doesn't kind of think like that, and I really, really wish it did. You know, I mean, I I like I like just the idea of uh, a type of film that, 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 that I grew up, say, loving, or a type of film that I've loved that I haven't necessarily seen that needs to be uh, revisited. So it's not, it's not so much a specific character or a character out of a piece of literature. It's more, or a character from a play. It's more, you know, trying to find, you know, if I list films like um, Cool Hand Luke, you know, um, or, you know, or I mean, I love that film, but characters like that, classic kind of iconic roles like that, that are absolutely specific to a brilliant sort of uh, moment or movie. Uh, uh, th- those are the kind of characters I would love to evolve or, or try and find in my own, what's left of my own career, just trying to trying to get back to those kind of, uh, off the wall roles, anti-heroes, I suppose maybe is is the first thing that would come to mind. But um, I'm also someone I find myself saying this more more now than ever is is I'm also someone who quite likes to be not told yeah told what what people would like to see me play. 
You know, I quite like agents and directors and so on to say, hey, we thought of you for this. And I'm usually quite surprised. I'm always like, oh, I've, really? Okay, I'll give that a go. And then I give it a go and I'm like, yeah, I like this. I like this. This is quite, this is, this is new. This is weird. Uh, and I wish in a way I could, I could have more of a plan and go, I'm going to go this way. I'm about to do, uh, David Lowry is about to direct Peter Pan. Um, right. He's asked me to play Cap- Captain Hook. So, you know, that's not something that was on my list, but I'm really, really excited and interested about playing that part because going back to the reference of Bond, I've I've totally got an angle of how I want to play him that I don't think has been done before. And, you know, it's in good hands. It's in the hands of a good director. What's the angle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You want to share? I don't want to give too much away. But I would okay, I would just right. say that I think I think there's there's a there's a place to base him in a much firmer reality. There's a place right. to base him in a much more sinister, because in the book there's no none of the funny silliness. He's just downright fucking scary and horrible, <laughs> and I probably think like yeah. I want to go there, you know. I want to be in every child's nightmare. <laughs> um, he's, he's pissed off and there's something it, kind man. of cool about that. Yeah, there is something kind of cool about that. I was, I was wondering if you were gonna. I was wondering if you were gonna play. I mean, you played dark characters, but have you played real villains? Like you kind of play like you like a just a downright villain, you know, where you just disappear in it. That would be amazing to yeah. see. You know, um, I was thinking about the other day as a reference, and this isn't a reference to how to play Hook, but just I was thinking about actors that have done that. Why did this? Oh, I know why it came to me. It came to me. Actually, I can't, I can't give too much away here, but you'll know what I mean. When I, when I, um, we were doing, Ezra and I were on the street in Berlin doing our mm-hmm. scene, and it, I started to think of uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and... The, the fact that they cast Henry Fonda as the dude, um, I mean, right. uh, you know, there's a bit at the beginning when the little kid, and they go, what should we do with him, Frank? And he stood there, and he's looking at his boy, and he goes, now that you call me by name, and he just shoots the little boy. It's like, oh, my God, Henry Fonda just killed a kid. Yeah, Shock. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. It was also when Jimmy Stewart would play bad guys, that was also very strange and but amazing yeah. that they were bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you gotta you gotta fucking you gotta change it up, man. I, I can't wait to give be given the opportunity to play someone who is not the jovial, you know, fun fun guy sidekick. Uh, yeah, you know that is that is just dark, like a gangster. You know something that is just like just give people an opportunity to see that side. Um, yeah, you should. You do it brilliantly because it goes back on what we just said that there's a relationship you forged where people are you know like a Jimmy Stewart relationship with an audience or Henry Fonda. Everyone goes, oh, he's here. He's and then you right. twist it. I tell you who did it brilliant. Oh, my brain's going to go dead now. It's um. Oh come on! Um, Robin Williams, Robin Williams in that. Um, photo, Robin Williams photo. did it brilliantly, but I'm also thinking of oh, I'm, I'm so annoyed I forgot his name. He's such a brilliant actor. He was the father in This mm. Is Forty, 
Um, oh, oh yeah, oh. He was in oh. Network. And oh, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Okay, but how great was he in um, in uh, totally. Drive? Right, right. Where he had right. The, he played uh, like I was so blade. shocked. He was so horrible in it. Right. He was horrible. Yes. Yeah. And it was horrible. It was evil. it was such a shock. Do you know what? I, I I read a really interesting interview. Oh no, it wasn't an interview. It was it was a press release that McConaughey just gave because he's written this book that apparently this memoir that's apparently wonderful. But he talks about how he turned around. You know, he obviously hit a, a period where he was doing rom-coms and so on. And, and they said, how did you, right. do you stop? He said, I just said no. I just had to realize, I realized I just had to suddenly say no. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to until I got the one I want. And I, re- I, right. he, he, I thought that was very bold of him to be that honest because it's true, right? When you and, I mean, I mean, listen, yep. we're, we're lucky folk, but, but it's, it's, it's still hard to say no to stuff. You get offers and you're like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Right. And if you, re- you want to turn the boat, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so this is the part of the show where we examine your name, Okay. And I understand that your first name is short for judicial. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so your first name is um, David Jude. Your, your name is David Jude Hayworth Law. Yes, it is. Yeah. You're like, yes, it is. Good. Thank you. Thank you for the verification. Um, and so, 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 okay, do you, want, do you, ever, you ever, like, figure out what the, the poetry of your name is? What's the haiku of your name? You know, what is your, what's the etymology of it? No. Have you done that for okay. me? <laughs> yes, I, yes, I have. I do that for, for all of my amazing uh, artists that come on my show. I do that for everybody. Well, not for everybody, but for specialty. Okay, so he, here it is. You ready? Yeah. So David means beloved. Okay. Yeah. Jude, Jude means praised. Wow. Hey, Hayworth yeah. means, hi, means highly worthy. What? Okay. Law. I'm loving this. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, you got a good one, pal. You know, not everyone has a great one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. law, obviously, is law. But it's, it's also the short version of Lawrence, which means dweller of the hills. Gosh. Okay. Beloved, praised, highly worthy dweller of the hills. Now, I always say that people's names are like self-fulfilling prophecies, you know, like Spielberg, yeah. is the play, play mountain is like just a mountain of fun, you know. Um, yeah. So the hills, the Hollywood hills, man. So you, so oh my God! Okay, yeah, I didn't make that connection. Listen, this is no. like a birthday present. I love this, and I can't believe I've never done it. I, I mean, clearly I'm lucky. It could have said like, you know, she. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. My last name is Birdcatcher, so you know, you know whatever the fuck. But uh, you know. Oh you, no, catch is great. It is the catcher is of birds. Yeah. There's something very Game of Thrones about them, isn't there? They, they have a real. Yeah. They have yeah. yeah. My well, name, my name is very. I have a weird story about my name uh, that is also <laughs> sort of nonsensical. It's kind of nonsensical. So, 
my ne- my first name, David, uh, is the name of my father's best friend. And yet no one has ever called me David. David has always been on my on legal documents, on paperwork. David is my first name. No one's ever called me David. My mum and dad always called me Jude and have always called me Jude. And I went to school and I was called Jude and I've always been known as Jude. They, they, I, and I said to my, I've said to my mum so many times, then why didn't you call me Jude David? And she has no real reason. She just wrote down David Jude and then refused to, just didn't call me David ever. And the same applies <laughs> to my sister. My, sis, my sister's called Andrea Natasha, but because Andrea is her mum's, my mum's best friend, but she's always been called Natasha. So it's very odd. Hayworth is oh. my mum's maiden name. And Law is my, obviously, my father's name. But here's another weird story. So both my parents were adopted. Both my parents were orphans. Whoa. Uh, and my mom was uh, adopted when she was a baby. Uh, and she, she's actually Welsh, my mom, but was, grew up in the north of England. And uh, the Hayworths were her adoptive family, who I never met because um, they, were, they were elderly when they adopted her. And they passed away before I was... Uh, two I think um, so Hayworth was passed on for me to keep their name Law was my father's adopted name um, but his real name is Tag T-A-double-G but you know he was never he was never he never used it he was adopted and used the name Law so there you go there's a little story behind my my name wild man so have you ever looked into your like like lineage of the bloodline you may be a king you, you know <laughs> Uh, I think it's the other way, my friend. Uh, we have looked the other way. It is, we're definitely not kings, that's for sure. I'm quite proud of my... Uh, I am... Me and my... I'm quite proud of the fact that me and my family are from... Uh, from the, very much the streets. Um, no, my mum... My mum did find uh, her family, her mum, and we had a wonderful relationship with her in the... From, yeah, from when I was about 13 to... Uh, about 40 she died about seven years ago and and we had a complete reconnection with our Welsh roots it was quite wonderful because mine when her name was um, was very very proud of her Welsh roots and heritage and um, we've we've got quite a kind of family tree in Wales that we reconnected with my father didn't have the same luck because his father uh, his father wasn't listed on the paperwork um, probably because we were in the middle of the war so there were a lot of people didn't fill out the forms and so on and also possibly just because of the nature of the relationship i think and um his mum passed away about 15 years ago so with my dad's line it uh it it it, it was very very hard to find anything else out but uh, my mum my mum comes from very uh hearty welsh mining stock whoa yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay we should talk about we should talk about the nest and i've been i i've been i'll be honest i've been busy as a motherfucker i just i was watching it right up until this so i saw about half oh well i'm well listen i'm just relieved you finally got the bloody link i felt like mr Amateur, amateur hour. No, I was, no, I was, no, I was no. about to, I was about to go for someone's jugular. I was like, how can you not send a link? To, come on. Oh, good. So you got it. I'm glad. 
And we're and we're allowed. When does it come out? Uh, it comes out on IFC or what? what in, what's the deal with the, your movie? So as with this, uh, an awful lot of movies at the moment, it, it's in a bizarre situation. It had a very very small theatrical release in the United States and in certain countries around Europe. Uh, it's being released on, I think, the 17th of November on VOD, and it will be released in the UK next year. Uh, Picture House have bought it for the UK, and they've decided to sit on it and wait and see how our you know, climate for uh, going out changes. Um, but IFC have released it in the States, and yeah, it'll be available on uh, video on demand. Um, how much, can we, how much can we talk about it? We can talk about it in its entirety, if you wish, yeah. Okay, well, we can talk about half of it, but I'd love to hear more of it. But because I, 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 I watched, I, I watched half of it, and I wanted, and I, and so I'm watching it, and you know, I don't, I don't know what to expect. You know, I've been to Sundance, and uh, and there's all sort, there's a full spectrum of all sorts of different kind. Of I, I didn't, I had no expectation. I um, was very impressed with this film, and. On many levels, so um, it feels to me cinematically, it's almost like a. And, and I, like I said, I don't know where it goes, but um, sure. and I need to know. I need to know how far he unravels, like how far, how how dark does he get here? Because watching this movie, it's it's it takes place in the eighties. It's almost like a throwback to those kind of movies. It's almost like a Kubricky yeah. kind of. It's almost like a Kubricky, almost like, um, especially with, with uh, or like almost like a Coppola-y kind of looking, lovely, beautiful film, um, and yeah, and almost like a um, like a Hitchcock film because of yeah. how it begins, where you see you this man trapped, um, mm. and it's called the it's called the nest, and the opening shots is just like like an early 80s film, like a thriller. Yeah, the, the, That's right. The thriller, the music building, the eerie music building, and you see this man, um, and it looks like he's a bird in a cage, basically, because it has the, yeah. window, the, window, yeah. the window, right? That's like I, that's I yeah. that. He's, he's trapped. He feels trapped. He needs to be free, right? So that's the whole yeah. thing. That's like, yeah. It, it, it was so interesting because Sean Durkin had taken about 10 years since his first film, which he got, you know, great praise for, uh, which was the equally sort of sinister, I suppose, but, but really revealing movie, uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Maylene, um, which was about a young girl fleeing oh, a cult and, and yeah. gaining so, um, relationship with her sister again. And, um, so when I read this script, it, it, it had, as you've rightly picked up on, this really uh, gothic, kind of almost thriller, um, almost haunted house element to it underneath what was a sort of domestic drama and a, and a look at how the 80s was this starting point in a way for us all to feel like more is necessary, you know, that, that one can always achieve more and give more. And, and I think Sean was curious to look at how um, someone wants to fulfill the promises of more and buy the love of his family. Um, and in a way, therefore, take his eye off 
what the key elements of the family, which is what, that they need him. And um, it was a wonderful experience to make it because there was a beautiful sort of attention to detail and attention to um, honesty and truth. And, and what he's made is, uh, during editing, he, he sort of peeled away the more gothic overtones and so that they became really more undertones. And uh, the brush strokes that were just inspired by, you made all the right calls there, you know, Kubrick and, uh, and even freaking movies and fil- fil- films from the 70s and 80s that inspired Sean are there, but, but it really on the top of it is a very, is a very uh, fine and quite delicate uh, um, family drama and what I love about it is nothing nothing outrageously extreme happens it's not about a family dealing with say the loss of a child or um, uh, the breakup or you know the, um, it, 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 what it's dealing with or what it looks at is just how families survive how we how we all get up and put up with each other <laughs> on a daily basis and what that takes you know and um and it, it, it's got a real honesty to it, but a real subtlety to it that I think is um, quite unusual for these times. Um, and, and more importantly, or most importantly, I got to work with um, Carrie Coon, who I just haven't got enough great stuff to say about. She's um, one of She's the she, she truly great actors out there. Yeah, she plays my wife. Alison, and she's, she's just one of those excellent. truly great actors who's out there doing the good stuff, you know. Um, but I don't know that everyone would know her, other than from maybe Leftovers, and uh, she did the season, second season of The Sinner. She's appeared in an awful lot of films and done some great theatre too, but she really is one of the greats. This is my first time I'm, I've, um, I'm introduced to her in... Uh she reminds me a little of Mel- Meryl Streepy. Um, I gotta say, she's uh, she, yeah, she's yeah, she's very excellent. And I thought that the, the director got a great performance out of the kids too, or or the kids were just naturally like that. I thought the I thought the, I thought there were some great moments. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, to isn't watch that the amazing when they can do that? When 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 I watched a film just the other night that that uh, um, was was just superb use of it actually said in the credits um, that the director had workshopped the film with this group of kids um, and uh, oh it was just phenomenal Sarah Sarah Gavron I think is the name of the um, director and the film's called rocks r-o-c-k-s and it's about a young girl who suddenly finds herself struggling to take care of her younger brother. She's a teenager, and her mum suddenly isn't, isn't, isn't at home when she gets home. has written a note. But it, it, these performances from these kids, it's so real. Me and my wife are sitting here going, oh my God, this is like a documentary, and so touching. When you see children perform on screen, when it's completely un, you know, uh, stagey and just honest, it, it, it's, so, it's so moving. It's so touching. You realize the sort of power of the medium, you know? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, that movie, that movie, Kids. You ever seen that movie, Kids? Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that movie? Oh, my God. I remember yeah, seeing that yeah. in New York when it came out. It blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, holy shit. I mean, it, didn't, it just seemed like they threw a camera in a room somewhere, you know? It's like 
There was like no yeah. acting involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, you got you got like uh, fifteen twenty minutes left for me to ask you a couple more oh, questions. Yeah. Sweet. Um, okay, so were you at the SNL fortieth uh, party? I don't think so. When? Hang on. I mean, I've been to a few SNL parties. When was the 40th? Was that... What, this uh, was... Chris, no, was that recently? It was... Um, let me think here. It's, at least... It's like no, 20, I wouldn't know. 15, I'd have known if it was 40th. Okay, okay. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Um, no, I wouldn't. No, I God, I love those guys. Because you, you hosted twice, I was wondering. Because I was like... It was crazy. There were so many people there. It was insane. But... Um, I, I kind of got snuck in there, <laughs> which was uh, amazing. Um, but, uh, so what was that like doing SNL, man? What was that like hosting? Both, both times were, honestly, two of the most exciting weeks of my life. And they, they, they are a, a perfect example of why and what I love about the element of fear in what we do the element of sort of yeah. exhilaration and also going right full circle to what we talked about earlier, uh, this sense of like collaboration and, 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 and uh, camaraderie. You know, there's just, when I, explain, <laughs> when I explain to people the process that you turn up on the Monday, everyone just sort of says, eh, this is my idea. Oh, this will be funny. What about this? And then by the Wednesday, they're written. And by the Thursday, you're like teching them. And Friday, you run. I mean, no one can ever believe it. And to be right slap bang in the center is, is absolutely, I found, exhilarating and awesome. And performing it, uh, I mean, I was very lucky. I realized that everyone, you know, everyone remembers it because, because they've always got good teams. But I had some great people. I was, I, when, I, when I first did it, I had like Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, um, um, wow. yeah, Tina Fey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Fallon was still doing. I mean, it was some, you know, fucking good people. <laughs> um, That's great. That's and a good, uh, a yeah, year, yeah, it's been it's been really good. It was so much fun. But you know, yeah. I did it when uh, I did it when Ashley Simpson got caught lip syncing. Oh, was there a controversial thing going on? Whoa. Yeah, she was the musical guest. I didn't even know if I'm honest who Ashley Simpson was. And um, she was singing, and then and then the backing track stopped. So suddenly she started like oh, <laughs> she ran fuck. off the stage. Yeah, and I, and then Lorne Lorne Michaels comes up and he goes, just go on and just say, you know, hey, there was a you know we're live, and there was a bit of a technical hitch. I'm like, don't tell me to go on. Oh, you go <laughs> on and say that. Jesus, oh Christ. my God, that's really yeah. That's that that's really fucking live, man. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! So what did you do, man? Did you, did you jump out? Or you, I, I gotta go back and watch it. Wow! I mean, that we is... had. I think we had to apologise, or they cut to a commercial, and then when it Holy... came back, I just said, "Hey, it's live, everybody! It's live!" You know? It was yeah. Like, oh dear. <laughs> well, that's 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 beautiful. That's 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 more than a lot of other episodes, I feel like you know everyone. Everyone will, will everyone remembers. Oh shit! That that was specific yeah. to that moment, to our. We, re- we all remember the disaster. Yeah. 
we all remember we all remember like uh, i was there when that person fell over you know what i mean it was like uh, <laughs> i'm saying i'm saying like if it's if it's not too damaging, you know, if, you know what I mean. It's definitely damaging to, to her, but if you're if the show is able to go on, that's special. Like I have you like I've been on stage. We did this thing called encores, okay, where we had to fucking put a Broadway level show up in a fucking week, okay. <laughs> and, and oh my god. Yeah, in, in Manhattan, it's just like, bam, you are the center of, uh, you know, the Broadway elite, and they're, they're judging you. And I go up on my line on a fucking Saturday night in the middle of a song. I'm like, I don't want this song start. And, and uh, it, 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 it could have been um, just horrible. It could have just stopped the entire show. Or I, I was able to... Go over, like, make it part of the fucking show. People were still trying to figure out if it was part of the show. Just improvising and Bob, you go to think. Yeah, and yeah. I asked the guy, like, what the... And thank God the lyrics were so perfect for the moment. It was, when you want to quit, because nothing works. And then the fucking audience is on the <laughs> side. So suddenly it's the greatest fucking part of the fucking show. And they'll never forget yeah. it, given your standing up. Standing up. So if you can pull the fucking out of the nose dime, that's the beauty yeah. of that's the magic sometimes. <laughs> but you made a really good point. You've made such a good point about about the nature of live that that really it's about. This is why we've got to get back to having live performances. We've got to you know we've got to be safe, but we've got to get back there because there is nothing like that experience. If you're in the audience and that like you make that leap of of commitment to, to you 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 want to, you want them to do well. You want the you want to enjoy yourself. You don't go there. Well, some people I guess go going yeah. Come on, then what you got. But you yeah, know, you. most people go well, and they want it to work. And if you can, if you can ride it out and say, I mean, oh yeah. my God, everyone will remember. And it's 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 breathtaking, isn't it? When when it's when it's yeah. good, they forgive you and they're on your side, you know. And, and, and yeah, and they'll never forget. It's 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 sometimes it's a no. beautiful thing. If it, yeah. So I mean, have you ever been doing fucking Hamlet and you know, and that happens? Like I mean, that's harder. I had. I only happened once. I was, I, I, I kind of, when I do parts like Hamlet, I, I've done a couple of Shakespeare leads, and when I do those, I mean, I work my ass off because they scare me so much. I, you know, I just don't want it to happen. But I'd done Hamlet, like, I'd done three months, eight shows a week in London. We went to Denmark. We performed it at the castle at Elsinore in, in Denmark. We took it to Broadway, and we're on Broadway towards the end of the run. So I've done nearly... I've done like nearly 200 performances of this play. I know it inside out to the point where I was, I was, it with the words were coming out of my mouth at such speed. I'd come off stage and I couldn't remember whether I'd said like oh, the fuck. right lines. And I, I was saying to everyone, <laughs> did I, did that make sense? Like, did that make sense? And they were going, yeah, yeah, it's fine. What are you talking about? I'm going, because what, I can't remember. What did I just say? Whether, what's going on? It's like my brain was working faster than I could remember. And all I remember is I went out and I had one of, you know, he's got seven soliloquies. I had this one soliloquy and I look out and I just went blank. So I just started making stuff up. And then oh finally, finally, I wish I knew what the hell I said. I've got no idea. Finally, it came to me what the speech was and I just carried on. So luckily that only ever happened once. And, uh, 
I've never met anyone who saw it that night and said, what the hell were you talking about? <laughs> no one knows. If you can improvise it, that's hysterical. Yeah. Holy, I mean, I mean, I mean, they do know there are a lot of Shakespeare experts out there, but odds are they'll... They seem fucking emotional. It's hard to walk that tightrope, man. It's hard to walk that tightrope. Okay, we've got a few minutes here. I, I, I think we get back. Hey, Dan, I don't know. Can you hear me? You've gone really quiet. I can hear Hello. you just, but it's really faint. Hey. Okay, let me try it again. That's it. That's better. I can hear you now. Great. Hello, better, better? Yeah, that's much better. Is that better? Okay. Let's talk about, just because I, I, this movie, I had a full revelation watching it. Um, well, a full revelation, but about a, lot, about a lot of stuff, about our business, actually. And you were actually talking about it on set the other day, and I, I was listening to it uh, peripherally, and it sounded like it was fucking crazy experience. <laughs> um, and so it was, it was I heart, I heart Huckabees. And the part that I'm talking oh, yeah. about, let me just set this up, um, if people haven't seen this movie. So there's a part in the movie where your character, and by the way, this part to me sticks out more than, like, there were heavy hitters in this movie. You got Lily Tomlin, you got fucking yeah. Hoffman being maniac. But the funniest part of the movie is you, in my mind, okay? And I'm like, a, like I, 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 I'm an expert on these things. Is, well, I don't, in my own mind. That's but, a great um, compliment, man. Thank you. Thank okay, you. So, my God. But in what, like, in so, what way? Tell me. Hang on, you've got to justify that now, because I'm not sure. Okay. It's so fucking real to me. This moment that I will remember forever is the part where you tell the story so many times. <laughs> yeah. And you, and then like, like you throw up into your fucking hand, okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I and, and then I drink it. The, oh god, yeah. You try to just keep going, and and here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about that moment. It's it's disgusting, and it's and it's hysterical. And my I watched it with my wife, and she was like, "Why are you laughing so hard at that?" And I said, "Because that is." kind of like what our job is like as actors, especially doing press, where you have to make it look yeah, like yeah. it's the first fucking time you ever told this story. <laughs> <laughs> and That's so, so true. You're so fucking manic and, and hysterical in this movie in certain moments. And and I'm saying that, that was a comedy, man. And, and I remember mostly you. And, and so... And you have to tell me your experience on, on this set because, it's, you know, there's footage out there that's insane. It was a you know? really extraordinary experience. And I don't know whether you're like this, but I, 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 I tend to look back on things on the whole pretty fondly because, you know, it takes a real car crash to make something kind of miserable. <laughs> and, and even sure, then you sure. kind of look back and you laugh. But this was one of those really extraordinary kind of bonkers experiences. There were so many incredible people around on set, you know, on different days. Lily Tomlin, Isabelle Huppert, Mark Wahlberg, you know, uh, to name a few. Dustin Hoffman, Justin, Jason Schwartzman. I mean, endless, yeah. great, great people coming on set. And um, 
the script was 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 being kind of written and devised and rewritten every day. Uh, David O. Russell was a lot more volatile and I think less settled maybe in himself. I, I don't I don't really know David anymore, but you know I, I think I'm on safe ground saying that he he was going through some changes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was not. Uh, he was not over the idea of like, you know, I don't know, just messing with everything, messing with himself, messing with us. And it was on the one hand, so freeing and crazy and anarchic and boundary pushing. And I mean, I remember him just playing mad, loud, loud music while we're trying to do the scenes. And then or, or we'd start the scene and he'd just shout ideas and we'd carry on improvising and we'd just roll and roll and roll till the tape fell out, uh, ran out. And so it was proper free thinking, you know. And then sometimes that, that could, you, 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 you'll know what I mean, that sometimes that can be really fun and sometimes it can be infuriating. Like if you feel like, you know, someone, you're doing some good stuff and no one's recognizing it and you're like being told to go back and do something again and again. It's like, Jesus, come on, you know, where's the focus? But it, those scenes like that were the one that you just described was, was it actually absolutely at its best? Like us just trying stuff out and um, coming up with insane ideas. And I remember, I remember vividly though doing that scene over and over and over again. And then David just coming over going, it's just not enough. Like, I really think you have to have a, a, some kind of a meltdown, like a breakdown. Like maybe, maybe you should just like, can you, can you laugh and like blow snot out of your nose? And I was like, no, I haven't got any. <laughs> and so he came up with this idea of puke instead. So we just said, wouldn't it be funny if you just coughed and a little, just a little bit of sick came out and you just, 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 just suck it back in oh, because you don't want anyone to know. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> And um, but where he's very clever, David is he fills out his scenes with a lot of people who aren't actors. So most of the people in that film who are in the corporate scenes were people from the studio. They were like CEOs and uh, and or they were like his lawyers. Or he would bring along like you know he'll he'll hire people who are like he'll bring down his lawyer and his three legal friends to be like in a scene which are meant to be the legal people or so we, we, we come out and we do our bit and they're, they're looking at us like, who are these maniacs? What are they doing? But I love, I love the way you, you read it into exactly that madness that we all live on press junkets and on this bizarre, I think that's the part, actually that's a big part of who Brad is in that film. He's, He's that guy that just keeps tap dancing even when, you know, the, the, the ship's sinking, right? He, he just can't stop the facade. And it's kind of tragic. Uh, I've got to say this because I've I got, got a few minutes left here. But, okay, so I've got to say the first time that I ever saw you was a talented Mr. Ripley. And I was like, I was like oh, it's a great movie, fucking – well, I, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He like he. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna watch everything. I'm gonna watch everything he does, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, so he was my introduction to you, and I was like, this guy's fucking good, man. And um, and then back to back, like it was like the very next movie that came on HBO was uh, Gattaca. And I'm watching. Oh yeah. Movie. I'm watching the movie, and I, and I go, oh, holy fuck! Oh my god, that's that's the fuck! That's the, that's the same fucking guy! 
and I, and I, I'm sorry. I, I just, and in, in that moment, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, this guy is a fucking actor. I mean, this guy does the full spectrum here. You're not just, you know, he's not just going to be playing this, you know, the handsome lead all the time. He's, he's fucking, he's going to be, he's a character actor, too. Um, mm. And I, I just, I, I just want to tell you that. that I, it solidified in that one moment back-to-back on HBO double feature. <laughs> um, so, okay. Um, okay, so it's Halloween. This is our Halloween qu- uh, uh, episode. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was my Halloween. So, that was my Halloween voice. <laughs> um, I have to. I, fuck, there's so many things I want to talk about, but. Okay, so I didn't. See well, we do it again. Now. We'll have to do this again. We'll do another. We'll do a. We'll do a catch up. We'll do have to do another catch up. I'd love to. Um, I, I because I want to hear your Jack White. St- I want to hear your Jack White stories from fucking Cold Mountain. I want to hear. Oh your yeah. Sherlock Holmes stories. I want to hear your fucking grandpast, <laughs> grand Budapest hell story. I mean, the, the the people you have worked with, the, the directors. I mean, it's just like we could do several volumes. Okay, can I ask you one more question? Okay, yeah, and we'll do. Listen, okay. let let it be said. We'll definitely do. We'll do part two. We've got to do part two. I'd love. I've I've loved doing this, and I, I would love to. I'd love to do more. So we'll do it again. We'll do it again. That that fucking warms my heart. Okay, one last question. Because it's Halloween, um, you uh, are are Dumbledore, and um, I'm wondering. So I don't know if you know. I, I very much believe in magic. Okay, I believe in synchronicities only because I've experienced it in my life. So many times. Um, I wished on a star um, when my second daughter was coming. I was like, I need a fucking miracle. I need a franchise. You know, I need something. I was thinking Star Wars, but they gave me Fantastic Beasts. That, I'm, I'm serious, <laughs> man. Okay? okay? I, 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 so I'm wondering, Tales from Beyond the Veil, I do this section of the show. It could be anything. It could be, but, but since, you're, since, you are, since you are the man, since you are the wizard, extraordinaire. I wonder if you believe in magic and if you've ever experienced anything like that in your life. Synchronicities. I, uh, I absolutely believe in it. And I believe in it in, in, in the form of the power of, of within. Uh, uh, the power that we have over we conducting our lives and Belief, I think. Belief and, and, and drawing what you need at the right time, and, but also looking at what you get and understanding it as what you need. You know, deciphering the things that you're drawing into your life is, in my opinion, magic. Um, but I absolutely believe in positive visualization and the idea of things lining up, presenting themselves to you, and... You realizing, and it's not, I mean, I certainly couldn't do it all the time, but I know that I've done it once or twice where you bring something to your life because you, you believe in it, you need it, and you want it so, so much. Um, and I'm also, I think that magic is also a little bit to do with instinct and, and like those animal kind of gut reactions that we get that we are told more often than not by uh, by society and by our, by families, even when we're kids, to not listen to, 
but I've, the older I've got, the more I've realized, wow, you know, I was right about this person or I was right about this thing. I should have listened to myself. And those kind of weird antennae, I, again, I think of as magic. Um, and I'm absolutely a believer in that capacity in all of us and more importantly, the capacity in, all, in us as a collective. You know, I've, 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 I've been told stories and, 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 and studied parts of the world where miracles and crazy things have happened, whether it's, you know, giant stones being moved hundreds of miles by uh, people who, who barely had, you know, wheels or anything or any, any, any means of uh, transportation. And the collective power of human minds to me is a truly mad, force magical force to be reckoned with so i'm with you and i i'm an absolute believer um you ever seen anything uh like ghosts or i feel like sprites would feel like no i've never seen ghosts never (laughs) seen ghosts no no um and never had that kind of an experience no Um, ufos you ever seen a UFO? No, never seen a UFO. No. Interesting. But I, I you know, I, I, um, I, I preface that by saying also that I'm, I'm someone with a very open mind. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I, uh, I'll believe it when I see it, and I'll believe it if someone tells me <laughs> they saw it. You know, um, I'm certainly not a cynic. You ever read The Alchemist? No, I haven't. It's um, I read it for uh, I read, it, I read it like ten years ago, maybe fifteen years ago. Uh, Paolo Colo. It's it's a it's maybe yes. hundred pages or something. It had it had such an effect on me. It's um, and it's about what you're talking about, following the gut uh, feelings, getting on the right path, and how the universe, when you're on the right path. Uh, conspired yeah. in your favor, and, and when you're off, it, it just kicks your ass until you're back on it. Yeah, um, but we can steer. Yeah. We can steer it, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, man, it, I'll see you on set, but it was such a pleasure to talk to you, and, and, and thank you for being Same. open to, to, to have a follow-up here. Uh, I would love a follow-up. Fucking, it's been so much fun. You are, you're the man. You really are. You're, 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 I mean, everything I said, uh, I totally, I totally, sincerely believe you. You are the real deal, man. You're like the last of the, oh, the real, the real movie stars. I'm serious. You can Thank put you man. at any time, any, any time period where there are uh, movie stars, and, and you would fit in just fine, Tom. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> this is where I blush. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Listen, uh, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And, we, and as I say, we'll do it again. We'll do part two. Okay, brother. Have a great rest of your day. Take care, thank mate. you for taking the time. Thanks. You All too. Right. Be good.